y'all gotta be mad at me? Mother don't have me, oh. Top down. Shirt open cause I'm hot now. Honey came for the smile. Quit the hating where we come from. And they hope that we gon' stop. The only way is up where we go. We don't get enough, though, no. Why you mad at us? Mad at us. Why you mad at us? Mad at us. Why you mad at us? Mad at us. Why you mad at us? I wish y'all can see how Corey be jamming up <laughs> over here, man. <laughs> Look, I gotta get my energy up, man. I gotta get my energy up. Corey be the one leading everybody to an R&B kickback, yo. Oh, absolutely. R&B kickback is my thing. Get the, get the Soul Train lined up. Heard the vibes. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of After Dinner Conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm here. Steven's here. Corey's here. Mike's here. The whole gang's here. Gang, 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 gang. Time's up. <laughs> nah, but for real, um, it's been a it's been a while. It's been a week. Yeah. It seemed like it's been a month. Every week seemed like it's been a month. For the past at least like three or four weeks. I know. I feel like you're just trying to hold it together every single day. Look, a lot of a lot of band aids, man. We ain't get no no surgery. No surgery, yeah. No a lot a lot of duct tape. No no um nails. No a lot, hammers. A lot of robotussin. No no. A no lot of robotussin. That's the go to. <laughs> no real honestly. solution. Never tasted good. Oh, absolutely. Not. Never tasted good. But you get the job done. Twenty four oh, hours. Absolutely. Just like guaranteed. casserole. Mm-hmm. Like it never. It's not supposed to taste good. <laughs> like it just get the job done. <laughs> oh my god, the hidden gems aren't so hidden. But yeah, we back for another episode. Episode sixteen. Uh, everybody's doing good for the most part. The weather's been kind of off the last like week though. Yeah, it's just like, spring. It's just... Sunny one day, next day it rains. We supposed to snow on Saturday. For real? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, I don't think it's snowing over here per yeah. se, but in other parts of the country, it's gonna be snowing. So it's gonna be very interesting. And we and we in May. Goodness gracious, May. Goodness gracious. The April shower. What's May's signature? It's April showers in May. They bring that's May like, flowers. May yeah. flowers? Yeah. yeah. So that's when like May actually looks like spring. All it's the trees grow back. Life mm-hmm. is at full bloom. Mad bugs everywhere. I, heard May, I thought it was like the May flower for two seconds. I'm like, did somebody really try to no. make that a thing? Like the like the ship? The ship, yeah. No, nobody care about them colonists. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's just for the world. Um... Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to keep it together. I gotta say it one more time because I'm just like you said, the days just blend into each other. It is. I don't think I know is reading emails and trying to do assignments <laughs> to the best of my capacity. But but when everybody hears this episode, you'll be done with classes by then. Hopefully, some schools. Um, oh, I'm, I'm gonna be done. Some Mike's schools, gonna be done. Oh yeah, Mike's gonna be done. Yeah, I'm gonna be done. I'll most likely be some. Done. Some people be doing. Some people are doing incomplete so and might be doing work over to something. Yeah, and some schools really? aren't aren't done until the end of May. Yeah, what like school that's is like Southern's graduation isn't until May twenty second. <laughs> like they have an extra week, so they classes. have classes next week. Next week is their finals week. That's uh, atrocious. Yeah, I know cool. people's finals was like last week. So I'm pretty sure like that's the whole like CSU system. Mm. Damn, that's the definition. I hate to see it. That's the definition. It's a, it's a tough scene. That's yeah, a very I'm done tough two scene. days. Yeah, I'm I'm out of here. I'm no incomplete nothing. I would, I'll put the work in now. I don't want to look at any nah. SCCT May 16th, yeah. 17th, nothing. I don't want to drag it. Don't drag it out. If the motivation is low now, imagine trying to do inc- um fix incomplete during the I summer. Need, yeah, no, I need like a good, <laughs> I just need a good break from school. Like, I just I need sometimes you just need time off. Like I can't think about that right now. Nah, that's you're right. I think that br- this break is going to be really really helpful in the sense of just kind of 
sitting back and getting away from school. Mm-hmm. But the time to start up again is going to be very interesting because yeah. it's well, not going to be the same. Man. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I'm seeing that as like a time to like really incubate, and like especially after our like first year of grad school. And me and you, we got to right right back in the application <laughs> process. It was high key key for just one year, but you know we have to apply to stuff in the fall. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to spend this. This is gonna be my first summer where I'm not doing any academic or wage labor this summer. Mm. Um, because you know we can't get I can't get a job and anything yep. that I'm doing that where I'm not where I can't physically go in there. Um, I guess I could do remote data analysis, my education. That's that's not easy to find. Yeah. Um, so I'm like uh, I might chuckle with unemployment. I have I have savings to last me, so I'm not really worried. But you know, this is the first time where I'm not having to work. I don't have to work this mm-hmm. summer, so it's very weird. It's been like over like the past five years. I'm never. I have. I'm, you know. I have no reason to. It's your summer. Yeah, you're working for Mike. Yeah, and it's strange. It's very strange. It's strange. It's strange. Yeah. So I, this, I'm not like money is everything. I'm not really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like I'm worried about that. I have really have all this time now. Like mm-hmm. Monday, I'm just gonna be like a whole different person. I have more energy now. We can promote this podcast and go up. Like we can podcast going up. Yeah, I know. It's just yeah. you about to be active on um LC Twitter and on Rock Nation Brunch Twitter. <laughs> Rock Nation Brunch. <laughs> I got nothing to offer um, to them. <laughs> Um, I'm. I mean, I'm not really. Cause I don't really pursue money just for money's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, that's a whole different episode. Like conversation, for a whole different episode. But our know, money. I'm just no. Nah, I'm trying to get my own life right. Get all my hobbies right. Make sure like all the things I'm trying to do. Two K like, popping this summer. Two K. Yeah. Like the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's for something past the time, I guess. <laughs> that's like you can't go outside. You're not gonna be in, you know, in Hartford and at the uh, cookouts. <laughs> Or you say he bring NCAA back for PS2. Oh, absolutely. Get a pop absolutely. Catch him online. You put that on the black market. Don't catch me online. Don't catch me <laughs> online. <laughs> Yo. Now I feel that though. I think it's gonna be very interesting to see um what what you learn about yourself during this time. I think, you know, old habits that we, you know, used to enjoy might not enjoy them as much anymore when we have the time to do them. We might pick up new mm-hmm. things as well. So I'm trying to have like a coming like life relevant you know, revelation moment over the summer. <laughs> Next time people see me, I'm gonna be all hair grown now, beard long, beard long, whole different person. Look, my my beard been flourishing ever since. Yeah, I, been, has been. My, I still need a routine. No, no, it's funny, yo. We asked Corey for the routine. <laughs> I want to say two episodes ago, and he never sent it over. I asked him like three times, he never sent it over, and it's crazy because I never thought of Corey to be the crab in the bucket. But <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all what I did. Nah, I said, I said texted though. I can't remember what you said. You rushed it. He's like, I use and I'm like, come on, Corey. I can barely. Think these days, bro. I, can't I need something written down that I could like go look back and then make my purchases in order. All right, I, I for the for the pod, man. I, I, I'll let you know the routine. I'll let you know the routine. The that's, pod, that's the pod right. heard it, so I got to say it now. That's good. Free it. game for you, young brother. I'm not, I'm, not I'm, not giving it to, I'm not giving it to the listeners yet. Not the, oh, 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 streets. My bad. Oh, my bad. I apologize. <laughs> I put it. I put it in the chat. I put it. In the I chat. heard it. You about to have somebody after hit you after the episode like Yo, Corey Frodo. They can't hit me. I'm out on social media right now. Uh, I'll get to your number. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, Yo. bro, just keep uh, keep growing, keep believing. <laughs> exactly. Keep keep brushing and, and combing. It's, it's going to come one day. You got to have faith. <laughs> nah, I keep seeing all the things like, yo, if you can't do it while we locked we locked in like this, it wasn't meant to be. And I'm like, ah. We'll grow, grow a beard. Well, anything. People like, yo, if you... You know, trying to do new stuff with your hair, you can't like you know take the time and do it now or learn. Or you do it and doesn't work. It's a dub. You can't grow the beard now. It might just be a dub. And I'm like ah, even if, even if I, we come out of this, and my beard's not Corey's. I'm not. I'm not just gonna cut it off. I can't give up like that. I'm, that's oh, what I'm no, saying. Like my beard. three three months of quarantine is not enough. If you ain't have nothing to start with, that's no you're, foundation. You're not, you're not growing a beard in three months. And now all those YouTube videos are valid. Oh no, because everybody's like hair is different. Everybody's Absolutely. face is different. Absolutely. 
Um, but yeah, grow everybody, grow your beard, man. Keep brushing your. Drink. Yeah, if you're a woman listening, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough on them brothers. Rough. You know? Yeah, support your man if he try and grow his beard, man. Go get him some beard products. Um, go get him a beard comb. Um, support your man because he's definitely trying. Yeah, you don't want a man with a patchy beard. You 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 let your woman cut your hair. Cut my hair? I didn't say, <laughs> no, I didn't say no. anything about that. <laughs> no, no, no. I said go no. support his no, beard. No, I heard that. I, I was switching the topic just for a second. You, like, you know, his beard looking scruffy. His hair is probably looking scruffy, too. So I'm like, you know, you're going to let, some, like, you know, I'm going to cut your hair. Scruff is a growth process, man. Don't <laughs> don't touch it. Don't touch it? Yeah, I'm good. I'll pass. So how long would you wait before you get a cut? Like, let's More say we was locked up in a, in a year. You're going to not get a cut for a year? You're going to try to cut yourself? Or how that going to go? Am I barber? No, like let's say let's say, quote unquote, like a like, quarantine. But like barbershops are open up in like the next two or three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, if those things weren't opening up, right? Mm-hmm. How long do you think you can go before you either allow someone, aka your significant other or somebody you know, to cut your hair or you cut your own hair? I mean, I got. I wait a while. I got people to like if I really need a haircut. Okay, man, my headline's fine, man. Yeah. My hair's pretty I, long, I, go, man. I can go a year. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty fine. Yeah, I, I got mean, a I beard. Know, I could go bald. If, if, I, if I had a low cut, then that'd be more, that'd be more uh, troubling. But I don't have a low cut. So if you had a low, yeah. If you had a low cut, yeah, yeah you'd be young, Mike, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm, I'm low, good. Low with cut beard. with no beard, homie's 19. That's what I'm saying. Like I got a beard, so I could go bald if I need to. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you could. I can't do it. I need mine to grow out a little bit more before I could. I just need some some like thickness. Pause. Yo, no, I feel like Steven said pause at you least. Why, one yo, time because you've been you've been dragging me the last three or few four days, episodes. Now I'm I'm now hyper cautious. It's whatever. Um, but, but yeah, we back here. This is episode Sweet Sixteen, Ooh. and yo, yeah, Sweet Sixteen. We ain't had no March Madness this year, but it's still Sweet Sixteen somewhere. Wait, you got the horn, Steve? I was about to do the horn. Oh, hey, shout out. To the- I wish I had like a cool like jingle. That's what I was looking for. So I was like, I don't want to do the horns. I kind of want to do like a little jingle, like a you know, sweet no, sixteen. We had a shout- I'm work on it. We had a shout out. We top one hundred on Apple, Apple Facts. podcast philosophy. Yo, yeah. killed it. Shout out to everybody who's listening when we started up. Kind of shot. I don't know how we shot up the, tar- the charts like that. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, um, I think people people see the vision and they mess with they they rocking with us. They saw yeah. the potential mm-hmm. and they made it real. Ah. Uh, <laughs> So, again, make sure you tell your cousin to tell your auntie to tell her grandmother to tell her girlfriend that we made it to the top 100. Yeah, facts. And everybody want to listen to a top 100. Of course. We're trying to get to the next step. We're trying to get top five. (laughs) Yeah, literally. From 100 to the top five. That's a big leap, but we can get there. We can get there. Um, So, what are we talking about today? (sighs) We're talking about everything, but specifically... Social media and I guess stands is the word that we're going to use to um call stand people. culture. Stand culture. Talk mm-hmm. talk about stands for me. Like, educate me real quick. I'm stand. Not- this is the brief history of the word stand. Yeah. Um, stand started from Eminem's Marshall Track. Mathers. Yeah. Marshall Mathers LP. Mm-hmm. A great album. Hall of Fame hip hop album. I guess. Classic. Um, it is a classic. And on that song, Stan was this very overzealous, obsessive fan, pretty much with Eminem, and he followed Eminem around. He was writing him letters, right? And then he like. He like killed somebody. His fan, you know, yeah. it's an Eminem song, but you know, pretty much an over obsessive fan um, that follows their superstar around and makes it just you know they have illogical arguments to defend them. They could do wrong and no all. Pretty much like idolatry mm-hmm. <laughs> of a of a celebrity or entertainer. Um, so that's what stand culture is. And I'm sure if you have 
I mean, at Twitter, right? Yeah. Social media, you know what you 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 seen the word, you seen yeah. the use, you seen thrown around, you see the you see the stands themselves. You know exactly what we're talking about. Um, if you haven't, you know, you like the uh, K-pop stands, and they put the videos and every comment, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like that. Um, so we're here to talk about that today. We're here to talk about you know nature of it. I think the last time we had social media, it, it was just on beef. It's very specific. Very <laughs> it requires specific. <laughs> it requires its own like you know topic, mm-hmm. its own episode with a special, very special guest that we had that day. Um, Shout but, out to you, Ari. Mm-hmm. And but today it was just about the stand culture, you know. I do so, which is might be a little different from us because you know I think in our days we grew up with social media, like mm-hmm. we saw it come out and we we were the first people to join it, you know, in that generation. Um, but now kids are just growing up; it's already there. Yeah, you know, so like a lot of like you know identities can easily just take on, like if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like it's funny because like the transition of just saying something is a fan account to saying it's a stan account, like. You know, spin whatever happens with that individual to say it's not their fault or it's because they're the greatest and it kind of works in their favor. Mm-hmm. And I think there's two type of stands, right? There's people who are stands who love the individual artist, musician, player, but also can recognize their faults and kind of like still hold that accountable. And there's people who are stands where it's you can't there's not there's no moving the envelope. It, it is what it is. If you don't like it, you're a hater. This, then the third, and the bag of chips, even though the bag of chips is empty, right? And so, I don't even know why I said that, but we're going to keep it rolling. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, now more than ever, uh, you see a lot of people who are full outright stance, whether it's for somebody good or bad, that's somebody's, um, somebody else's um, opinion about it, of how people navigate the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've seen this... Uh, Mostly with music, right? I think we every time we think of stands, we think mostly of music and sports, unless I'm mistaken. Um, um, I mean, I don't think about the word that often, to be honest. But I think I think you're a I think super you're fan. Right. I think somebody's I think, like a super fan I, I, or something. I think music is definitely where we see the most. Mm-hmm. And we have like individuals who um, make mistakes or kind of commit actions that you know. We want to say it could be matched. even the things they do on a daily basis, right? So let's give an example, right? Drake Drake dropped um what's it called Demon Tapes. Uh yeah, dark demo demo whatever. tapes yeah, something some, something with a D thing. tapes right yeah. <laughs> something with a D it's, it was like dark demo <laughs> tapes or something um and you got a plethora of like mixed reviews mm-hmm. on the album right some people like the um, mix of drill and the beats he was using some people didn't this down the third bag of chips right all those are opinion based right but you would see and that, that's fine too but a stand you would traditionally more see like nah this is one of the best works again right or this is one of the best product people who unlike whatever happens that's the best thing they put in now and i just find it really interesting um especially recently because you know we're inside uh the amount of dialogue i see especially about music and about people who are fans of their favorite artists and not um i don't, I don't want to say they're not being honest about what they think about the music per se but i think they're listening with a blind ear mm. if that makes sense what do you think like they're listening just to listen type of thing? Uh, I wouldn't even say listen. Well, kind of listen just to listen. More so they're listening to say they listen, yes, but also because whatever that person says or does, it's going to be um, melodic to their ears, right? Yeah, and I don't know. So I think you would say they're listening 
and they've already made their assumption that the the yeah. tape is going to be fire, like the mm-hmm. album is going to be fire, regardless of what like the actual lyricism looks yes. like, regardless of what the actual beats mm-hmm. looks like. And and just so there's no one thinks um, we're only playing one side. The same thing happened from the verse, verse side. Like if you don't like somebody or you think that person's trash, even if they do something, you're gonna, you're gonna be like you're gonna write it off before you even hear it. So mm-hmm. there's both sides to it. So I'm not trying to focus on one side before people start crying, because um, stands be sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think Mike had mentioned it, you know, with us growing up and sort of growing with social media's development. So, you know, I think we were the first ones to have Facebook without, you know, the EDU address that you needed to have Facebook with before. Right. Yeah. You know, we were the right. first the first ones to try out Snapchat, Snapchat, Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, you name know, it, all of them. We were, we were the guinea pigs, you know, so on and so forth. Right. But all think, these platforms, you know, with that came we were the first generation where every opinion was validated by somebody else. Right. I mm-hmm. think before social media, it's just like whatever your friend group believe, like it. it was, it was hard enough for you to have your individual opinion. Like if, if your friend group rocked with, you know, that one Eminem tape or that one Jay Z tape or that mm-hmm. one Nas tape, and y'all had y'all, you know, after nine conversations on the house phone to get some after free, nine to get the free, free to minutes. get the free minutes. Right. And <laughs> all your friends was rocking with the tape. And you didn't rock with the tape. You was quiet. Or you was like, yeah. I'll, call, I'll call you back, right? Or I'll talk to you tomorrow at school. Or you try to switch the topic to something different. Or you switch. Or you the conversation was over. Exactly. <laughs> but now, because it's this, this social media world, you could say, I don't rock with that tape. And somebody, and generally a whole bunch of people, is going to be like, I ain't rock with the tape either. Yeah. And so your opinion mm-hmm. seems valid, even if everybody else, like, in your immediate circle that you actually see physically, rock with it. That's true. Every thought has a home now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, 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 or unfortunately, there, there, right? There's, yeah. there's a lake for everyone. Yeah. She even yeah. got all the metaphors today. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm chilling. <laughs> the bag of chips empty. Like, see, I'm, listen, I'm chilling. I was, I was gonna ask y'all. Do you think people can stand like an average person? Right. Like, can, like, can, like stand you. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I'm pull of like, you know, I'm in Danbury and I, I see somebody like, yo, I'm a stand of Mike, man, for real. That's my guy. I mean, you could, but I think that there's something about that relationship that's very, like, non... Removed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like between, like, a stand and, like, a musician, um, famous musician, like, they're getting something out of that. Like, you know, they're they're dropping music. Mm-hmm. They're ingesting that music. That's what that's the relationship between that. And so they're always going to be... That person, that interaction with them is always going to be, like, you know, they make me feel good or whatever. Whatever their music yeah. makes them feel like, you know... You know, Nikki, whoever. Like, I, I like feeling they make me happy. Whenever I'm down, I go listen to whoever I put on, you know, her or something like that. Um, so that Shout relationship is different. So that to them, think about it, they're only getting something positive out of that. So they're always going to, like, defend them. Because yeah. in their eyes, they, they're not doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm. But we are just people. <laughs> and there's nothing really that, um, when they're just people too, but nothing that really separates us socially from them. But I'm, so, I mean. In, on, in my opinion. On, yeah. on the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. You know, now that we have this platform being the podcast, right, you know, there is art for us to put out. So I think, yeah. you know, when we see a stand, generally it's somebody that produces, you know, some type of service or some type of good. When it's a musician or when it's an actor, it's either that album or it's that movie or that TV show or whatever. When it's an athlete, generally it's their their game performance. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they put out. For us, you know, generally it's not anything, but now that this platform is is here, you know, we sort of become an art 
right? In art that's form true. or that's whatever. True. So people could be stands up after dinner conversations. You know, hopefully we that's got some up. stands out there. Oh, yeah. Free stickers coming. Look. <laughs> maybe maybe my humility was getting ahead of myself. Look, at pr- premium <laughs> content coming soon. But, Premi- um, premium content, yo. <laughs> but so, like, now that there's this art for people to stand behind, and, like, when you think of stand, like, you also add the word, like, stand. Like, you stand for something, and generally people stand mm-hmm. for that art form. And now that we have that, maybe we can have a stand, even though we regular folk. Common folk. <laughs> yeah, common folk. Regular folk. Nah, maybe they can. I don't know. I don't know. Would I stand somebody that's regular? I mean, what do, how do you define as regular, though? Because we have mentors that we, like, kind of look about them, stand them. Yeah. You know, and like, like you said, there's, there's distinctions. Like, you know, we we can easily see faults in people. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm very I, I highly, like, respect and favor them as a person. Yeah. You know, but I've never, I've never had someone where I just, well, that's me as a person. I've never look at no one where I'm look, I'm, I can't see your fault or, you know, yeah. I'm always so, going to be on your side, you know. So I guess I'll go back to I my, the, the original definition. So you think a stand can only see the good and can't see faults? I think that's us, what they only want to see. Okay. <laughs> they can't see faults. I think that, um, same old saying, you know, they, people, people build other people up just to take them down at a certain point. So, mm. you know, they're just going to keep building. It makes them feel good. I mean, cause like also you're like, you have, you have to realize that what people like is also a part of their identity too. So, you know, it's like, you know, you liking whoever, Nicki, Nicki Minaj doesn't matter. Like Nicki Minaj, I'm just going to use that as an example. Like you the like, Nicki, yeah, if you like Nicki Minaj, like, you know, you're going to, you're, you're always going to see that as a good part, as a, as a part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, So you always, anything that happened to her, how you perceive her, you're just always going to be this attachment, like, you know, I like her. So if I like her, I have to condone the things that she do, mm-hmm. type of thing. You know, no one ever going to like someone and not agree with the things that they do or what they say or who they are, because then it reflects poorly on who you are, too. Now, people aren't actively thinking these things. No one actively thinks like that, but it's subconscious, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But I think, I always think, because there's an attachment thing that's a part of it, too. So if I you know, really like Frank Ocean or Kendrick, it's because I like the things that they put out. You know, I like mm-hmm. that, what, they, what they're doing, or I see them as people. Even today, we're talking about the whole 6 9 thing. Yeah. Big top. No, not really a big topic. Just topic it, it, pop, Nigga, Very yeah. popular top. Well, it's it's a, it's, it's not a, a big topic. It's, it's, it's a, big a popular topic, topic yeah. amongst the, in social media right now. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I don't know Corey don't know this, but um he I guess did it. <laughs> I don't know I don't know what's going on. I guess he did he did like an IG live yeah. um today yeah, he did. Friday when y'all hear, you're gonna hear this Sunday on Friday around three or something, and he broke the record for most people on an IG live. Oh, he passed Tory. He he blew him out by like five times more. He had for real? This, they say yeah. he had about two million, two million. on two million, the on the live. Wow! Listening. And the re- the record Tory didn't even have the record. The record was some Spanish artist who had oh, okay. three, I, but it was close to Tory's. It was like three eighty k. Tory at least hit three fifty. Yeah, yeah, he hit three fifty yeah, yeah. before Drake or something. So he was up in that ball range. But yeah, uh, six was nine was like two million. Two million. Like yeah. I think somebody said within like five or ten minutes. That's crazy. So. And what was he talking about? He, mm. I didn't watch it. You know what? Okay. I, <laughs> I almost said nothing, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, he apparently from I didn't watch either. But apparently, he was talking about I guess him coming out with him the whole situation with the court thing. Um, not in, well, I'm not gonna say anything. You know, I was I keep trying to stop myself from saying things that are like negative or <laughs> you know putting people away. But yes, yeah, he just talking about um his situation, yeah, his situation, and like pretty much what he went through. I'm assuming, and from like the little clips that I saw on Twitter. Okay. So essentially, yeah. So essentially, that was the frenzy that was been going on. Um, so that's, I think he yeah. he dropped music too. Yeah, he dropped the song. He dropped the video. song. He, he yeah, he dropped the song, and I think there was a video or something mm-hmm. like that too. And he, I saw it. Look, my boy showed me a clip a clip of it, and it was just him like fully embracing his, I guess, personality because like there was like a small like, you know, those the um, 
I don't have it on my phone because I got an old phone, but like, you know how you could have the face ha-ha kiki talking yeah. with your, your the emoji? Anim- the emoji? He did that with like a rat face or something like that. And that was like the hysteria, like, oh, look at him back to trolling ha-ha kiki or whatever type of thing. And yeah, the whole thing. And, 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 and the whole song, he's like, you know, you're mad, I'm bad. But, uh, okay. And y'all were saying that a bunch of people were like just supporting him and coming out in support of him on like yes. social media. Okay. <laughs> well, yes. yeah, yeah. More, more, I, don't, I don't know. More, yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, more or less. And I, I don't, I'm. It's sad to see it in my opinion. but I don't, I don't want to quote it because I've. I've only I've heard like just bits and pieces and for people telling me but like he's him explaining why he snitched because he snitched on people that wasn't loyal to him to stand the third and everybody's coming out like oh yeah that's facts that's facts that's facts to stand the third oh so snitching is cool now that's the thing Corey and that, and and this, <laughs> is, and, this, and this is what we were saying before we started recording or me and Steven yeah, having a conversation yeah. about it um a lot of hip hop's audience of course if you haven't noticed I don't know where you've been if you haven't noticed but it's definitely not only black people who yeah, <laughs> like hip hop yeah, these it's days it's the world number one and I don't think it's been that way since the 90s honestly but um, and so there's this, this wide ranging audience of non-black people who, who do have zero understanding of what goes on and then like the realities of where the rappers came from mm-hmm. um, and so for them for him to do what he did and him to come out and him to be like, you know, I, I did a high, high kiki, you know, he trolls about it. He yeah, 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 everybody loves a troll. That's why I said uh, And then there's people who are like, Avin. And so, like, the person who outspoke the most today was Meek Mill. Me- Meek was acting. Yeah, Meek sent like six, seven tweets all. He put, that's when we listened to that, to that freestyle verse mm-hmm. and him talking about snitching. Like, he was just on Instagram. Like, he but was, out the old one when he was yeah, a kid. Yeah. So, Meek, you know, Meek, you already, we already know who Meek is. So, mm-hmm. he wasn't having that. But um, they were in his comments. I think, um, you know, you know Chino who hang out with Meek, the, who'd be riding the bikes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes. he's in the group. Yeah, but he also tweeted about it too. And so, um, but they were like, but his six nine stands or fans or who are both, I guess, were in their comments saying, "Ah, oh, you're mad," pointing clips of the videos, so on and so forth. And then they're trying to explain the way, like the logic that it's like, you know, why wouldn't you snitch on someone who tried to kill you or da da da? Or if you're facing like sixty years, why wouldn't you do that too? On um, that type of thing, and I'm like, you know, they're gonna always brush away the reality of like those quote-unquote street rules like it's because it's not important to them like hip-hop and anything that black people produce is not like real to them they don't really put so they, they could come in and out of you know, yeah it's like it's like out. a game to them yeah it's just funny it's something you see on tv like six nine isn't a real person <laughs> like you know no yeah. one he's created that personality for of course exactly. yeah, yeah, and yeah. it works because people don't care about the authenticity of it they just want they care about the entertainment of it you know he just he just like them go on be a troll hot laugh at people you know be be a bully like whatever mm-hmm. that's what people are into <laughs> especially like social media they can they're they're literally the same type of people People, people like a troll. Yeah. Like as, even people who trolls. hate, yeah. like six nine. It's kind of like you almost like you like to hate, if that makes sense, right? It's like you could be on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying no, that no, for no. everybody who doesn't no, like no, him. Yeah, no. I, I just, every time I hear that line, the only person that always, uh, always remind me of is Eminem, <laughs> and I don't think I can use everyone. Well, someone well, said they hate to like you. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm renegade. Yeah, yeah. That's my song. Yeah, man. yeah. That's only reserved for a special few. But, um, but yeah, no. I, yeah, we was having this conversation before. Like, there's plenty of people that are considered trolls in hip hop, right? That people will like or defend, but um, still not like other people, right? So, for example, I can, like, you know, Charlamagne in his own way is a troll, right? Um, 50 Cent, I talked about this with Mike before the pod, is a troll, right? And people have, like, those people, um, like those specific individuals, but maybe won't like 6 9 or people who like Charlamagne won't like 50 Cent, or people who like 50 Cent won't like, like, Joe Biden or something. Like, there's there's trolls throughout hip-hop and throughout any type of industry in general. It's kind of like which one you prefer, in a sense. And you and people find a way to justify what trolls they like because, like, oh, he's not that bad. He just, ha-ha, kiki, he's joking. But it's kind of like these people are, are trolls. Any people who don't like these people kind of still feed the attention, right? 
Like, well, for example, I, I don't think me and Mike are really big fans of Six Nine. Corey Barry knows him, but we just spent like <laughs> five, ten minutes talking about it. people. Are like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. You, oh, y'all still talking about him though? He's making his money. It's like, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's, point, yeah. this is more for, for a topic of a culture perspective. Exactly. We're not mm-hmm. talking about just talk talk about him. No one. Can, let me tell you right now. Ready? <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> but, <laughs> Let me tell you, we don't care. Literally, we don't care. But, but it's for a greater purpose than just talking about it. Exactly. So. We, we don't care. And, you know, unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately, you know, hip-hop has become, at least in my opinion, less about the art of hip-hop, right? Mm-hmm. It's less oh, about, it's a lot yeah, less yeah. about lyricism. It's a lot less about, lyricism. you know, the the art being connected to the artist, right? Mm-hmm. And so when and I the, say when I say that, like, you know, the person, like Mike was saying, from, you know, an underprivileged background, mm-hmm. you know, that talks about being from an underprivileged background, like, that's no longer the case anymore. Like, hip-hop wants to hear about the underprivileged background, but that person don't got to be from there. Because we've sort of disconnected that, right? You know, you don't have to be a, a hundred percent honest in your raps no more as long as they sound good. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for like the troll aspect, it's all about being relevant and staying relevant. Mm-hmm. It's no longer about who has the best bars that's going to be the most relevant person. No, it's about you know who has mm-hmm. a social media account, right? Who's constantly putting out content? Mm-hmm. Who's constantly you know having a engagement. story mm-hmm. or an engagement, right? And so, you know, Joe Budden. People will argue Joe Budden wasn't the greatest rapper, right? But he's found a way to stay relevant. To reinvent himself. To reinvent himself and to stay relevant. Six nine, I've never heard one of his tracks. I probably did hear one. You of his definitely, tracks. Heard, you definitely heard, heard the. Yeah, I heard tracks. Yeah. Um, I think it's, if you've been to a party, I mean, yeah, we were yeah, in college yeah. when he yeah. came on to. Yeah. So yeah. I, be, I probably heard, but I've never actively, you know, gone out and listened to a six nine yeah. album. But for whatever reason, like <laughs> yeah. we just had a five minute conversation, so I have to know who his at least what his name is. Right. Yeah. So you know, if he put out a podcast or if he put out a news story, I'm probably gonna. All right, let me let me tap in. I heard his name before mm-hmm. and that's what hip hop has become. So it's frustrating it that, frustrating. you know, this has, it's all, it's all about a relevance thing and it's no longer about the, the, the content, the depth of the content or the yeah. depth of the artistry. Yeah. Hip hop started off giving the voice to the voiceless, you exactly. know, articulating those stories. Hope to the hopeless. And like, and they used to fact check you. Cause if you weren't rapping about stuff that you knew about, <laughs> then we wasn't listening. Yeah. Right. And there's no fact checks no more. People pull up to the streets quick with the receipts. There's no the fact audience, checks. Because the, the audience became disconnected from that, that from no. that cultural base where people wouldn't know through the exactly. fact checking. You know? and, and like and like people are supposed to improve, right? I I would never want hip hop, the hip hop that started in the seventies to be the same exact hip hop that we got in twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I would never expect that. That's not evolution. Mm-hmm. But if we're gonna grow, then we're gonna grow. We're not gonna be in twenty twenty as black people continue to ascend and do better for themselves and talking mm-hmm. about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Listen, those uh, those impoverished people from those uh, communities—they're not keeping the bottom line up of the rap industry or hip hop. So but that, but they don't—they don't, don't, so they don't really matter. And yeah. some of it's about us not owning or sharing it, right? But you know, yeah. that's a, that's a whole nother pod. Okay, that's a whole nother, that's nother, a whole nother, pod. nother pod. So, so I guess it almost goes back to kind of let's say for an artist or even for an individual like a basketball player to kind of like build that quote unquote like group of stands, right? You kind of have to leaves or slash go past your media environment, right? The people that you connect to the most, mm-hmm. or do you think you could just stay within that? Cause I think of course there's a financial side as you alluded to, but I think people always want to get bigger as an entity, right? You don't want to just be the biggest artist in New York, right? You want to be the biggest artist in the United States. Correct. From there, you want to be bigger than um, in the world. But in order to get that, you have to in some way connect with these other groups of people you know what I'm saying? I don't, but I don't think you need to necessarily do that to get stands, to get more no, stands. Get more. I'm yeah, talking about yeah, to yeah, elevate, yeah. right? Pat, mm-hmm. even past getting stands, right? In order to elevate your 
notoriety in whatever industry yeah. or profession you choose, you have to appeal to more and more people. Correct. Yeah. And it, the people that you have to appeal to are always are probably going to be different than the ones you started off with. Correct. Right? A, lot, a lot more that, al- that always happens. Yeah. And so in the in the journey of that, is it even possible to maintain that same level of rawness or realness that you have with that smaller, you know, notoriety that you had in a given location to being, you know, at a greater level, right? Do you think... Who like is there like an example of somebody who's kind of like real who got big and was still big type of thing? I don't, I don't. There's nothing really quickly comes to mind, right? Was real? Ask real that question home. again. So like, yeah, so, I might have worded it wrong, but like somebody who was in that smaller bubble, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about more recently. I'm not talking about OGs, none of that. people yeah. like within our age group, right? Mm-hmm. Who kind of like started off? Let's say they start off in Atlanta, right? Yep. And they became bigger and bigger artists. And in the same time as they grew, their audience grew too. But the music they were putting out or the messages they were giving to people or how they conducted themselves kind of still, it wasn't like it stayed the same, but it was never like, quote unquote, out of character. Like you would never expect this from this type of person. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I think. And that's a loaded question. Yeah, but so so I, can't, I can't think about recently. I mean, I think Cole would probably be the, is, I Cole. mean, I mean, I'm assuming, so assuming mm-hmm. I'm answering your question, right? Yeah. You know, Cole being from Fayetteville, mm-hmm. right? Having his stands in Fayetteville in mm-hmm. high school, he had his stands. And I think like we talked about elevation, you know, him going to St. John's and, and being in, in New York, York. Mm-hmm. like that was his sort of his mainstream stand foundation, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And he put out his content that was sort of consistently J. Cole, at least based on his roots. Mm-hmm. For the majority of his career until recently, he's sort of been able to branch off and you do know, little things. Now yeah. that's the, that's the question of how loyal are those stands? Because there's a lot of people that says, you know, I want Friday Night Lights cold every every day. Right? I want 2014 want cold. Center. I want Born Center cold. So dudes be, dudes be, be stuck in one exactly one, one period of time. You're one like everybody got to be one dimensional. <laughs> yeah, just give me the one thing I liked all the time. Yeah, <laughs> give me that time. same album 20, 20, 20 times and keep it pushing. And I've yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, yeah, I would say I can only think of people from like that. Gen- Generation from like the early 2010s who came out when we were in high school and stuff. Um, who stayed the same? Cole's a good, I think Cole's a perfect one. Kendrick probably is a perfect one. Um, you, you mean like how they interact with people? Yeah, like for example, I think, I'm thinking about like Young Thug. Like he stayed the same, and mm-hmm. like he, of course he changed a lot too. But he's really he's like evolved in himself. Like yeah. Tyler Creator too. Um, he never really changed how he interacted with people. He just you know he just followed his calling to be a different type of music. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like people. I'm I, don't giving, think, I don't think I've ever seen someone from that generation really sell out type of thing. And, and not, not not in the way I guess we we would describe. Mm-hmm. I think when people talk about sell out, they're talking about to like the extreme, right? Like they entirely like, like distance, Kanye shit. Yeah, like they they mm-hmm. they distance themselves entirely for what they grew from, and mm-hmm. you know, with the essence of trying to grab something something else. And I don't think I think it's hard for us because these people are. At their peak now, they're kind of getting big. You know, maybe in two or three years when we can kind of see a more, like, longevity, like, the longevity of their career, we can make a statement. But a lot of people that are big now got big in the last, you know, two or three years. We're not really talking about the people who came out in 2005 and are here now. We're not talking about the hoes or, like, the Nazis and stuff no, like that. They have all. their own legacy, stuff like that. I think I'm talking more for people in our generation, which is still growing because we're, what, 
23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 30. Who, some of the kids. Who's 30? I don't know. I'm not 30. <laughs> not 30 yet. <laughs> we, got, we got friends who are 30. I say I, I only be concerned. Oh, I thought you said, like, somebody nah, up here. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. I'm saying general. I'm, saying, I'm only concerned when I'm closer to 30 than I'm 20. <laughs> I ain't Facts. there yet. I ain't there yet. We, so y'all, right, y'all right there? No, no. Uh, no. Yeah, no, we got time. Yeah, we got time. We got, we got time. at least two years until I can feel like that. Shoot, I feel like I've been in this house for, like, a year with this quarantine. Yeah, Corey's been inside for two months. We all been inside for too long. Um, but I got a question for y'all. So, do you think being a stan is can be connected to the art or the artist? And I say that to ask, you know, as some of these artists, mm. and not even just artists, but when I say artists, like I include basketball players and yeah. actors mm-hmm. and things like that. Creators. Get in different type of situations with like cancel culture and some of like mm-hmm. the, the harassment allegations and things like that. Mm-hmm. Are, are stans separating those two things and sort of being like, you know, I support, you know, 6 9 and his artistry or whatever, but mm-hmm. I don't support, you know, that sexual allegation. Our stand sort of mm-hmm. rocking with it, sort of like, no, there's no way he could have did that. Like, there's no way it's possible. Um, I think most of them like to make themselves feel comfortable with the idea that, oh, I separate the art from the artist, which is an impossible thing to do. It's not a real thing, but mm-hmm. that's what people tell themselves, in my opinion, to make them feel better about that. So you don't have to address that. Oh, I just only like the music. I don't really care about him. But if a pedophile is making your music, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. why would you not care <laughs> if you're getting your music from a pedophile? Exactly. You know, like, or a rapist or whoever, you know, like, that's, so, um, I think it's more about a culture of, like, human beings in the digital space that's not going to be talked about for, like, 10 years prior from now. Because yep. things aren't really reflected on. They tell people do the their research studies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? So everything's always raw and, like, you know, unpredictable now. But I don't know. I think it's a culture. I think when people aren't, don't have to face people or have to say things face to face, it changes everything. You know, when you could just mm. type, like when you are able to express yourselves and get your point across in 240 characters and that's all you need to say and a link in the video, you're not doing anything more than that. It's not, it's not even you 240 can, characters because you can, you can <laughs> actually add a thread of tweets. So now you really yeah, have unlimited, oh yeah. you have unlimited text essentially. Once you could, once Twitter added the thread mm. where you can do a thread, I mean, at this point you can, you can type, type a whole story. Yeah. But then even then I'm like, is that articulation really the same as if you were in person, you had to argue the same thing? Yeah. No, nah, because people like to interrupt more. Yeah, and I don't think people have the longevity either. Yeah, I'm, yes, I'm calling people. I don't think people can marathon or debate, like, you know, and keep it going and get all the points across more so than I'm going to say one, one or two tweets and then I'm going to change the topic or deflect or assault you or block you or something like that, you know? Yeah, look, if you got a valid point, you want to be on the pod, hit us. At oh, yeah, 80, please. At 80 please. Combos. Um, we, we, all smoke, all saying. smoke, all smoke. <laughs> we, I or all civil conversation and debates, too. <laughs> but smoke, too. We take it all. I accept all of that. Um... I think, Corey, they, I don't think, I think they fall in love with the person and then subsequently fall in love with the art. So you think they fall in love with the person first? Yes. Okay. And they just, there's a, an affinity that grows for that person through, and everybody's is different, right? So for example, I'm going to go the route of basketball, right? There are people who will not entertain MJ being anything less than the best basketball player to ever mm-hmm. walk the earth, right? And their affinity from them, whether it's because they lost to MJ five times in the playoffs or, you know, they remember things that were going on in their life and they remember it was a rough time, it was a good time, and MJ hit that buzzer beater or MJ won three titles and MJ, you know, um, lost his dad, God bless his soul, and they, they felt connected to him, like, damn, I lost my dad too. So, like, they atta- these are the subconscious attachments I think people make to individuals and they attribute to that through their creativity. So it's like... They have the affinity for the person, and on top of that, the person does great things. So it's like, oh, my God, look what he's doing, and I already love him, so it's even better. Okay, so so a, a real MJ stan 
wouldn't question it. And for those of you that didn't watch the MJ documentary, the MJ documentary the or if you're not up to date, this is a little bit of a spoiler. But so a person that's a true MJ stan wouldn't necessarily have a question for why he didn't support that black politician mm-hmm. in North Carolina. What's his name? I just forgot um, it. I forgot his name. Some with a G. Harvey Harvey Gantt. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, you gotta, gotta be paying attention. <laughs> so you know, so a real MJ stand, if, if I'm hearing you correctly, wouldn't they, have an issue with that. Yeah, they, they won't have an interest uh, issue with that. And actually, they won't fault that necessarily, right? Um, but I think that's cute. Uh, <laughs> Mike's funny. Uh, they will justify it in the sense of like you know he's not he's not a politician yeah right and yeah, i think yeah. i the thing is i understand p- people who are not socially intellectual enough to make um to talk on the behalf of the public or make st- um, stances on mm-hmm. things cuz the last thing you want is to have a player or artist who's impressionist that people can just go grab and say, yo, go support this. Mm-hmm. Cause they know it. you want that person to also be knowledgeable about the topic. Cause you want to bring credence to it. Cause if let's say MJ supported Harvey Gantt or l- remove Harvey Gantt. Cause I don't want to attach my, my analogy to Harvey Gantt. <laughs> let's say MJ went to go support somebody, right. Who mm-hmm. was bad, but he didn't really kind of know anything about him and he just supported him and people start questioning his credibility and stuff like that. Right. People are then, it's easier for people to say, oh, don't listen to MJ. He's just going to support everybody. But in the case of, like, MJ or somebody else, I think when you have a level of wealth and notoriety, you have more resources resource available to you. I'm not trying to say people, what's for people what people should do with their time, but if you have money, you have more available to you. Uh, more available to you. That's just facts. If MJ wanted to have someone to give him correspondence on what's going on with the elections in North Carolina once a day, he could do that at mm-hmm. any time of day. Mm-hmm. He could pay somebody to do that. Not to say what he should do with his money, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying. And so in this case, it's like people kind of put themselves in that shoes and then attach the scenario to that. So like if I was MJ and also I didn't know about this black man who was uh, um, running for um, Senate. Mm-hmm. Then maybe yeah, I could understand why he's hesitant. He's it's not a bad, he should, maybe he should have supported him, but it's not a bad thing he didn't. the The problem with MJ's scenario is MJ's opponent was much. I mean, Harvey Gantt's opponent was like the epitome of Jim Crow laws and mm-hmm. all that was bad with segregation in the literally, South. Literally, outspoken racist. Yeah. So even if you didn't know Harvey Gantt, right, you could, I think, from a very basic. For the, um, for the culture, right? Because, yeah, like, I mean, at that point, I think his parents were supporting, you know, yeah. um, Harvey Gantt. So, you know, it wasn't like he was completely uninformed. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah, and he was also, the, like, the biggest star in the world. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest sports star. And so I think it, that that's where it comes to question. Like, I don't, I think I was watching First Take and, like, you know, Stephen A. And he, Stephen A., I like Stephen A., but he, he tap dances a lot with certain things, too. He wouldn't really like fully address what MJ did was incorrect, right? And that's why I like Max because Max keeps it a buck twenty, and everybody gets mad at him. <laughs> Shout out to Max. Um, but essentially, he, you know, he's because same way that Steve. I'm, I'm rambling, so I'm, I'm gonna cut oh, this off good, quick. You good. No, you good. You're the good. same way my MJ, even though he didn't explicitly say it, but basically sent a doc that he's about his money. Mm-hmm. Stephen A is about his money too. Yeah. And he has an affinity for money just like MJ. So he can attach that narrative to say, okay, if I knew me supporting Harvey Gantt might um, piss off certain white people in the South or might cut my sneaker sales or might mess up with my Nest contract, I'm going to just step back and say nothing because that way I can keep my money, right? And it, and that's what it comes down to of saying, well, I can just do this and be fine. I can just play the middle card. And 
you know, and then at the end of the day, you lose nothing. You you lose nothing, right? Yeah. And you know, people can you know make Maybe criticisms. Opinions, but hey, he's yeah. still selling shoes to this day. MJ is a billionaire, right? Inflation. Yeah. People <laughs> who didn't grow up during the MJ era are just learning about this. They could be mad at MJ now, but we're thirty years removed from the um mm-hmm. this yeah. whole scenario. Yeah. They'll be mad at MJ for like two weeks, and it's, then what? They're not gonna throw his shoes away, you, right? They're <laughs> not. They 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 they're in dead stock, premium condition. They're not throwing away their J's, and so it's just that affinity that you get from the person, and you can kind of draw the parallels of the acts. So that's just why I think. So are our standards too low for who, really? not, not, not for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I don't think like any three of us are like real, like super stands of, of anyone necessarily, yeah. but I might, I might be an MLK stand though. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I and think, a Malcolm X stand. I think those are maybe like, if so, there's like, so, so what about the, the MLK allegations? What allegations? Of, um, from so, yeah. the uh, same FBI that nobody trusts that made the allegations, <laughs> look, look, but we won't look, talk about look. on the pod today. We won't talk about on the pod today because <laughs> you talking about, I'm a, you want us to trust someone from the Edgar J. Hoover FBI? The Cointel Pro FBI. Look, look, I was just asking that the era of the FBI. If, 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 I'm not putting if myself people in are any telling situation. me they're getting the source. Know, I'm gonna say this once, right? Because I'm not. Uh, I, I said it twice. So I'm F- gonna say the FBI imposed trust over Martin. Look, 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 I'm not saying. Listen, nothing. I'm gonna say this once, and then we'll save it for a different podcast. But if we're acknowledging the same FBI that is, and this is in multiple books, multiple reports that killed Malcolm X. That's Malcolm X. Well, Malcolm X, but MLK specifically, we're talking about mm. yeah. killed um, MLK. Also admitted to lying about some of the voice taps they recorded. Also admitted to a bunch of other things. Essentially, a lot of lies going on in this case. You want me to believe this same FBI that reported that he was cheating on his wife? It could be true. But your evidence is based on a a corrupt organization I can't trust. So unless somebody's bringing me some alternative facts. If you got testimonies from the woman, you got got something else besides that, what, an FBI statement? I'll take it. The credit never said it was true? So I look. I don't know anything. I don't know I, whether it's true or not. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. But course, I get really annoyed with that. Yeah. I think every time I see that, I'm ready for smoke online. Because Stan, Stan came out. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't know Stan where it's based on. I don't like no, when people no, throw right, those things right. out with no with no facts. And that's the number one thing I always see, especially around MLK Day. MLK yeah. Day supposed to be selling Dr. King. Uh, you know, black man, another black man cheated. <laughs> it's like what? So, but but so say say there was a woman a woman still alive to to validate the claims, right? Mm-hmm. Does that change the the standard? Absolutely, it would change my standard. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll still have a feeling for him, but I'll acknowledge what he did was wrong okay. and incorrect, and I'll be disappointed in him. So, yeah. but but, I, but, I would, but is that a stand? Is that being a stand? That's being no. a correct stand. That's being a correct stand. Okay, um, yeah. but that's not how most people are. Standing. No, yeah, a stand, no. a stand yeah, will find a even, justification for him cheating. They'll say he was away from his wife for six months and he was lonely. <laughs> like that's what a stand would say. Got it. And yeah, I would say because you might have to have a different word because that's not what a stand is. That's okay. not how we see stands behave. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They're gonna justify to no to no logic or, or what's in about you know why they're what why what they did shouldn't be seen as bad. I agree with like, like me and my mom. Like, yes, I mean, if if it was true, I mean, like he cheated on his wife, horrible. You know, we don't want to see that. I don't condone that behavior. I yeah. don't support it. But that man had the million man march. Like that man was the face of the, the civil rights movement. I'm not oh, gonna, man. I'm not gonna not like you know he was you know nonviolent. Like he put forth a more like a moral ethical like face and leadership to that movement, which is like you know never before seen at the time. So he was you know it's hard to take away that because mm-hmm. he cheated on his wife. You know I mean we all love the sanctity of marriage. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. Jesus like <laughs> it's okay. It's okay for you know him not to be a perfect person. <laughs> I think all the quote unquote I guess role models or leaders that I love and respect in my mind i've never looked at them as perfect individuals yeah, like you I, can't, you can't th- do this has been like at least since the age of eight or nine i fully acknowledge that somebody as good and righteous as it can be Correct. 
are flawed individuals. And once I accepted that, I can accept the person as a great person and still acknowledge where their shortcoming lies. And I think most people expect somebody they've revered to be perfect. And once you create that ball for somebody, it's, you're only going to be faced with disappointment. Now, how much leeway we give for people to make mistakes is up for interpretation, right? Like, where do you draw the line to where your respect for that person is lost, or you no longer like, you know, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't like them, right? So, I mean, I mean, I think it's hard. I think the biggest stands that we all have, you know, obviously, given everybody's individual circumstance, are generally, you know, your parents or your guardians, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the biggest stands that you have for the most part, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's situation is different, but. A lot of times, like, when you see people who were arrested or, or children who were arrested or, you know, harmed in a, a violent attack, usually gang leader or whatever, you know, the mother's on the news. She a little shocked because, you know, her angel can't do nothing wrong, right? Her baby can't do nothing wrong. And so those are usually the biggest stands. But in those questions, even if even if you find out your child was involved in, in some wrong activity, aren't you still they stand? Like, I was, I was, yeah. like, you still got to be a kid stand. I yeah, guess, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what they did. I mean, Are you it, there, it, it like, depends on what they did, but like you still, you still got to love them at the very least. I don't know. <laughs> you got to love them. Yeah. Depends on what they did. Biologically connected for life. <laughs> I'm not, it's not something I'm saying lately. You got yeah, 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 to yeah. do some yeah. heinous. I don't know, some yeah, people do some yeah. heinous things, man. I don't know. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, you, I, you just, you just, that's man, very I, would, true. I wasted my time raising your dumb <laughs> I'll be so tight. Like if they did some heinous stuff, like they murder somebody or they rape somebody. Nah, bro, like, you can't. You can't uh, live you in my house. You can't kid. talk to me. Yo. You, you gotta, gotta you, don't, come, don't come next to me. You gotta, call, you gotta toss the kid. I didn't raise you. Get my name. Take my word. <laughs> Give you, me bro. my name. Watch it. Watch it be Mike Reed Jr. too. You know, <laughs> be Mike Reed the third. Yeah, no, nah, I'm good, bro. Like. Take away the read. You just got Mike in three. Don't ask me for nothing. M three atrocious. No, no. I I would never like tolerate some you know behavioral you know missteps like that. Anyways, 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 yeah, no, no authoritarian stuff, but you know, no way, no way. Yeah. Nah, put your foot down, bro. I'm here. No way is like, yeah, I did this. Let me go to my room. No, you gotta find somewhere else to live. <laughs> no. good, good thing we ain't do the kid episode today. Nice. Ain't no dumb homicide. Let me go lay, take a nap. Nah, take bro. a nap, and I'm gonna go talk to my pops and my mom. Yeah, nah, I'm so, good, bro. Don't call me. Your role, jeez. <laughs> so your role. You, you done damaged the family image. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no one should bad. be talking to you. Don't make no statements. Go home. No, go <laughs> Mike. Go sleep at the jail. <laughs> Mike gonna be like, has kids like anything you say can and will be used against you. Yo, this is gonna happen. <laughs> Mike gonna open the door up like, yo, he upstairs. I don't know him. That was never my child. Go on. Why, why does Steven have an FBI? Bro? That's an excellent question. And I honestly don't know. Just, I don't know. Oh man. <laughs> Please delete that joint. Nah, that was perfect. It was, I was, that was for this perfect. episode. There's no way you was prepared for that. There's no way. <laughs> um, oh my god. I don't know. Y'all think you have a line when you would not like you know respect someone anymore? Um, if it's not you know fidelity in your marriage, you know, I don't know what, what, what would it be? I don't. Know, I think it has to. There's something moral that has to be. I don't. I really. I don't. I don't fully know. I think. I think. There has to be something that damages, like if there's somebody of righteousness and mm-hmm. of the people, if they do something that is counterproductive towards that, that's like egregious, mm-hmm. then it kind of just cuts right, it so off right there. I, have, I think I have a perfect example. I know okay. we're getting close to the end, so this probably would be our last point. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about, how do you feel about President Obama then? In terms of? Just his, his legacy, I guess. I guess like how you feel about towards him, um, because he's, like, of course, like the most model black president. You could, if we could have asked for one, you know, yeah. been in character and, and, like, you know, public images mm-hmm. of him. Um, but he also has, like, you know, a very, you know, 
not so good. That's a euphemism, but nah, you know, the drone wars overseas, yeah, bombing the, seven uh, countries, deportation, and, yeah, deportation, and the, yep, yeah. the lack of things he's done for the black community, as was often quoted. I, I put, yeah, and yeah, we well, but that's what's quoted, right? Yeah, that's what right. people no, say, you're right. you know, that's I'll put a pen in there. I'm like, he that's, what, that's what people say, um, yeah. especially if you go to um, black communities. That's that's the first thing you hear from OG, like, what did he do for me? And people use an argument to be, yeah, uh, become Republicans. Um, so, um, my actual question is going, yeah, so I was like, how do you, so how do you, how do we, how do you, I guess, you all of us really address his. Person, his legacy, you know, did, did the line stop for us when we? Because we saw him, we were kids when we saw the first black president come. We yeah. saw him go yeah. for eight years, you know, be a great president, you know, fix the economy. He did, he did a lot of, he did a lot of great things, you know, especially being like a no scandal, no bad image at all type of person. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he would do things that we would, that we kind of criticize other American presidents for doing too overseas, which is bombing and murdering. You know, letting these wars go on all, all the time. Yeah, uh, his legacy. I don't know. You know, I think for me, I always have the question of whenever I look at any leader. So anybody that I support, not just Obama, but looking at Dr. King, you know, mm-hmm. looking at other people, you know, whenever there is a scandal and Obama didn't have like any scandals mm-hmm. in his presidency. But even as I look at, you know, hey, maybe there could have been a bill that directly addressed like black communities, like whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. I always question, you know, do you throw the baby out with the bathwater? Right. Like that's what <laughs> that's what the OG say. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, like, it's like a little metaphor. Yeah. And so as I talk about like the things that people have done that I look up to that might have, you know, had a scandal, had a couple scandals. Right. But that still, you know, invest in HBCUs. Right. Mm-hmm. That, you know, still give money to certain causes that still, you know, promote the United Negro College Fund. Am I am I throwing the baby out with the bathwater by saying because they had this scandal you know, they got to be canceled. And I mean, we're probably going to do an episode on cancel culture. So I'm not going to sit here and, you know, delve into that too much, but that's always my question. Mm -hmm. And so I don't, I can't sit here and say, I have a line that anything above that line, like you're good with me, anything below that line, like you, I go, but that's always the question. Hey, you know, they, they did this, like as as my boy, like I'm not rocking with you. Like I would never dap you up, Mm -hmm. but I know, you know, the $30,000 that you gave to that student, you Mm -hmm. know, Shorty wouldn't have been in school without it, right? Mm-hmm. And so do we throw the baby out with the bathwater? That's yeah. always my question. Mm. No, that's a good point. I think, Mike, that analogy it sits a bit harder for me only mm-hmm. because I view when it comes to leaders in politics, especially the presidential wo- ro- role, the um, the perception of how much power is invested in that role and the lack of accountability that is that people give to um, the other branches of power, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think – Especially because, you know, Trump's insane and he just tries to do every executive order every time he wants to do something. People think like, oh, that's what Obama, sh- he should have just wrote executive orders. And it's like, that's not exactly that's not. how government works. Mm-hmm. And so I think I fault Obama for if he, not if, like his stance. And it's like, let's say we're talking about deportation, for example, of how he addresses that, and how forthcoming he is about it, as opposed to the things that actually happened with it, if that makes sense. I'm, 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 I'm moving around a bit, so I'm going to try to break it down real quick. I think Obama, I don't think Obama was as forthright coming through at deportation. I think he just ran it amok, if that makes sense. He kind of, mm-hmm. he actually just did it and then left. And people were, or like if you listen to news or read articles, people are telling you like, this is what's happening. Like, you know, people love Obama, but look how many people are being deported more than whatever is going on in, in the past. And I think, um, him not addressing that or him not being forthcoming that is kind of what kind of like, you know, you kind of look at it a funny face. Like somebody who is supposed to be champion minorities love and champions minorities kind of doing the opposite, right? I don't I don't think for me personally, I 
like Corey said, throw the um the baby the baby out with the bath, bath water. water. But I think it makes me revere him less, right? Mm-hmm. I think how I revered Obama as a kid is not as much as I revere him as a young adult because I can conceptualize the things he didn't do well in his presidency, right? Um, whether they be for, you know, s- certain minority communities um, or whether it be for things of like war-related and stuff like that. But for me, when it comes to that specific um, seat, like the presidency, and in, in the respect of what his how he what he is, he's a black man serving as a president in a racially divided country where no one was supporting him. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna say that's I'm not saying as an excuse. I'm saying that's a fact. Yep. So I kind of have to give a little bit credence to the situation that's pres- um, presented in front of him, especially considering how government is ran in this country. But there's still a level of accountability that I have to attach to him because he still has a voice to speak on things. And if I don't, if we as people, or if I didn't feel that he came forth enough to do so, then that is a problem. But I don't think he, in my personal, I don't think he's done anything for me egregious enough to me to say I can't, I can't like Obama, um, and I don't think post his presidency he hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. I think he's been active enough to try to create change in the places he goes. I know he was in Hartford what last year with Obama Foundation. I know he does that That's in Chicago. The, the foundation's big in Chicago. Yeah. Big in Chicago, he goes to different um, inner cities and starts programs to um, enrich youth and get them to be active and give back to the community. So I think I see some of the things. He didn't do as president directly him trying to do in a small scale, um, but I mean, in short, I'm, I I don't think I revere him as much. But I think I still have a, there's there's definitely affinity for them. There's is there, is there a bias? Probably I'm a black man saw a black man be, black. I was a black boy who saw a black man become president. It's something that I know people didn't see coming. And I think though his cachet, his demeanor, his eloquence, you know, maybe there's a spell, right? Because when Obama speaks, it's, it's just sound beautiful to me. You gotta listen closely, but it's not, he he has one of the best public speakings I've ever seen in my life. Um, right, our generation, of our generation, yeah. and so I think I, I I fully recognize I have an affinity for Obama, and they they could create some bias in how I view him. But I think I'm not so far out that I think Obama's never done anything wrong. He hasn't made any mistakes. But I don't I don't throw him away. I, I think the the, the mm-hmm. balance is being able to find that accountability. I think regardless of you know what people view as the presidency, you know, we're not making, none of us here is making decisions for a whole country, right? Regardless of race, regardless of really making decisions for myself. Facts. <laughs> you know, I think as we get older and we start to make more life decisions that impact more people than just us, right? We got to make family decisions. We got to make, you know, household decisions. And we start to recognize the, the depth of some of those decisions that do that dudes have made in the past. Um, and I think every, um, black grandparent got some type of Obama memorabilia, you know, oh, whether, whether it's... What? Mm-hmm. We, whether, have, we have a frame of Michelle and Barack in our living room. No, I kind of want one, too. I so, you know, we, I think they got either the plate or the coins. My or, dad has know. the whole thing. He brought everything back from D.C. So, yeah, we, I, I was out... <laughs> he I has was, a shirt. Bro, I was out in D.C. shivering for the for the inauguration. My dad has a, a shirt. It's, a, it's an ugly colored shirt, but it's a green shirt with... Barack Obama on the front, 44th president. On the back is that one picture of Malcolm X and MLK shaking hands. And I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yo, where did you buy this and why is it in lime green? Right. And so, you know, those people might be stands, right? And they might That's ne- a stand. They, they never going to question it. And I can't I can't blame them for not mm-hmm. questioning it because you're talking about a black man president, right? Mm-hmm. I like I talked about I think my grandparents before on the pod, you know, if you born in the 1920s and you see a black man become president in your lifetime, 
right? You know, that's those are literally two different worlds. Yeah. So after you see how many people ran and fell, right? It, so if my grandparents say what Obama them. never did nothing wrong, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight them, right? Mm-hmm. Some stands, yeah, I'm just literally. I'm not gonna fight because what or, they've seen is completely different than my life. I, mm-hmm. I think this is my one of my last points, but I, I can't. It's very hard for me to fight like. Grown slash OGs. Oh yeah, I'm not questioning. You know what I'm saying? My grandma say something. I'll let him rock. I I just gotta let it rock. I I I gotta let it rock. And it's not just. It's not even just about like, oh, we holding your older elders accountable type of thing. It's like there. You're not. You're not here to change their mind. I could tell them every. I could tell them everything under the sun, and it's not gonna be wrong. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be. It doesn't change anything about them. And so I have to at that point just make sure I'm teaching the next generation. Right. To be better, or in my peers to be better, but you know, if my grandma's thinking a certain way and she's seventy five years old, I can, I can, you know, entertain. I can have like you know a, a light conversation. You know, I'm not, just I'm not touch, educating her, I, but I'm not. You know, my voice is gonna be so low. So you know I'm what I'm saying? My hands gonna be in my pocket. You know, I'm just gonna be talking <laughs> very mildly and respectfully. It's not gonna come out with sm- grandparents and uh, parents don't really get smoke. They, 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 they're um. They're, um, they're immune from immu- smoke. They're immune to smoke. Yeah. They actually created the smoke, so you're just in their smoke. So they told us what smoke is. Facts. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I was just wondering. Yeah, because he's, of course, like, I think, and, and to the, both of your points, it's very different based on where the stand is, I guess, and then mm-hmm. feel that they're in, too, as well. Um, for me personally, I just agree with y'all on my very short notes, but, you know, like, I tell people, he was a, he was, he is what got me into politics. Like, seeing mm. that, that, I still remember that when he got elected. <laughs> I wasn't feeling when he got elected. And people was in the street screaming and honking. Like, it was like, dang. Like, no one, I was like. People was in the street even when it's connected. <laughs> I, yeah, I remember watching the news. Yeah, <laughs> I remember watching the news leading up to the election. And people were like, there was black people getting interviewed. And they were like, you know, they didn't want him to win because they thought he's going to be assassinated. They thought he's just going to get oh, killed. Oh, yeah. People were scared. Yeah, people, yeah, people didn't even, wasn't even going to vote for him just for, like, that alone. Like, the, the security. I was told for the inauguration was like the most I ever had any like there was about like ten snipers on each row. Bro, that inauguration was <laughs> crazy. I was like eight years old with my hand warmers. I was like, yo, and like, but like, I'm so glad that Oprah I was, was in there. The front right? row. When I was sure. when I was down there, I was like, yo, why am I here? I could have been watching this on TV. TV. But I'm nah, so glad you, that I was you, there. You should be glad, bro, because yeah. you're gonna be like me watching with TV with new braces in my mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the sick. kids gonna be asking, what was like? I was there in the front row, eight years old. That's I, don't a know, I don't know about no front row. Nobody was getting. All about saying, my dad was barricaded row. back like <laughs> twenty miles, looking at listening from like a megaphone. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is, I was just thinking about that that visual. You said. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, nah, yeah. So he always he always inspired me to be like engaged because I told people if he wasn't there, like as being a masterful public speaker that he mm-hmm. was. You no, know, he used to. I don't know people might not know now the current state of things, but you know we did have presidents who used to do like you know annual state of the union, <laughs> you know sweet. press briefings, correspondent dinners. Like he used to do G G seven G eight. Um, when they had summits, the, yeah, summits have their speech. He has has speeches there, like and just at different places. Um, and so I will always just tune in. I will tune in, tune in, tune in. And so, like, I'll never forget what he meant to me and where I I wouldn't the be where I am now. Yeah, of course. Oh. I would not be where I am now if he wasn't the person that was like, you know, be better, you know, have this character, you know, go off your principles, you know, be be diplomatic, you know, work towards things. You know, we can work through unity, not through war, even though he was going through war. But, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, it was all about the image that made the most of me. Yeah. Um, and when I grew up and I get to see the facts and, like, read the stories and read the Afghanistan papers and all mm-hmm. the other things that went on. Um. I don't think that I don't think I see him less. I think that it really the only thing that 
because like when people talk about the black community thing, I think that you know it's hard. It's hard to do that. You know, he never, never. I, had, I know it's hard. But you know, right. and I've, on top of him inheriting the, the Great Recession, two thousand eight, <laughs> right? And Bush, it's crazy. You could just crash the country and go like you know retire in your ranch house <laughs> and get get a library. Yeah, and get free free protection for the rest of your life. <laughs> um, but still, um, that happened. So he had to do that and have a Congress that wasn't his majority. He was he was trying to do gun gun rights. I mean, gun control for most of his presidency. God, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because you know he never had the majority. After 2012, it was slow for him. After, actually, after 2012, you got to do everything during that first term. Yeah, yeah. So again, we gotta support you know where we can, but like yeah, I think, definitely. I think like Stephen was saying, I think you know, I, accountability is exactly. Key. I think people should just take a holistic approach to viewing Correct. people. Yeah, um, and that's what that's what I do. I was gonna ask a question, but we don't we don't really have people to answer that question. I was gonna say in the and um the other side on the flip side thing, like mm-hmm. people who like support Trump and mm-hmm. grew their affinity to Trump through what, what's that show he did. Um, uh, apprentice, apprentice, or whatever, like that type of reality TV, right? And they quote unquote grew with him, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really. I remember I, I watched um the documentary on um Netflix about um Trump's allegations with money and the scamming, all the other stuff he did. Um, damn, I lost my train of thought, but essentially, I was going the route of people who stand like that type of individual and then try to justify their like you know their reason acting. And I guess what's the difference between you from um, one perspective on the Obama side and people, there's people who think Obama was literally the devil walking mm-hmm. amongst the nation. And on the flip side, people who exalt Trump as if he's somebody special and I guess talk that route. And, you know, I think, you know, you'll ne- I don't think you'll ever be able to fully understand the, uh, the other side as long as the other side is opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's always going to be some overlap sometimes. Like if you meet in the middle, like there's some overlap. All right. I, I sort of see where you're coming from. I could validate your opinion. Mm-hmm. But when it's completely opposite, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be no understanding. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just try to see it from their perspective. It's hard because like mm-hmm. I think it was something I think uh, effective, like, you know, structural racism all these years. But people don't realize that it kind of changes the way we view our own history and mm-hmm. where we come from. You know, a lot of people like you. Like you're, you know, you're blessed to see like, both of y'all are for seeing your grandparents. You know, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. some people, um, not really me, but some people, like you know, they never met their grandparents. Correct. Like, they yeah. think back and they think about where they came from. It's just nothing. You know, you can't really have nothing to rely on. You mm-hmm. know, and no, no one's telling them stories or like stuff like that. And so, um, I think like it's just really about where your values lie. I guess I was to answer your question, Steve. It's just different. Um, there's nothing really separating. It's just that our cultures just bring us to different beliefs and. Correct. You know, and we're, we're attaching ourselves to different things. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So like, even like, like to your point, like I, just, I try to see it, but like I said, I, I, I'm like, you know, only thing I could do is have like counterbalancing hypotheticals, and like, you know, what if, I'm like, yo, what if we were the majority? You know, what if we, you know, have all the structural benefit, like, you know, inclination towards us and our people, and then we unfairly, deter- like, you know, took away from from everyone else. Like, would I be racist? Yeah. <laughs> you know, would I be right? Would I, would I be right wing? Yeah. Like, you know, what, what would I be doing right now? Well, you have, yeah, all the privileges. I say. Yeah. Like, you know, what? It, how much would that change who we are? You know, who we came from? Like, would we just be, you know, bougie? Would we not care? Would we be on the beach right now? <laughs> like, you know, when would we would so we be protesting just go with the beach? But yeah, yeah. You know, would we protest just to go to the get a haircut? Florida's canceled. I told you, forty nine states. Are we swapping Puerto Rico and Florida? Yeah, we're. I'm with it. Florida, go Florida, Cuba. Yeah, but I think what everybody said is valid. I think the only issue is, you know, when when stands sort of on opposite sides become violent. And, you know, that's what we got to stop. You know, and I'm not saying it happens regularly. I think a lot of it happens on social media. But there are times where stands, especially as you talk about politics and religion, like stands on both ends, you know, it becomes violent. Um, <laughs> yeah, and indeed. so I think you know keeping the pieces is what matters the most, regardless of what side. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I, I disagree. I'm not gonna say you wrong, right? But I think the issue is when, when the violence starts. So you know, keep your head. Um, with this corona going on, mm-hmm. keep your mind right. Do you um, think? Do you think we can be at peace if we have very different you know views on life? Um, I mean, I think, 
I don't think peace necessarily means agreement, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can certainly coexist, right, yeah, yeah. Um, without having the same opinion. I'm just curious, yeah. I don't hey, there's some, hey man, there's some, there's some, there's some, some, uh, some right wingers out there. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But don't see the value in our humanity. Like, can we, can we actually coexist? Can we be at peace? Um, open question. I'm not. No, no, definitely. That's for people. Listen, I'm not trying to like. You yeah. know. I'm, I'm just gonna throw an open question too for the people. Um, I guess someone made the um the argument, or at least um, open up the topic that we are trying to use um civil rights methodology for bringing about change in a different time period, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Um, non-violence and the protests and the marching, those worked for that era because it wasn't done before. It was like something quote-unquote unprecedented. It was some, it was like a new change to kind of force the envelope to create change. Mm-hmm. And people, the argument that people are coming numb to that, right? No, we can peacefully march and we can call 20,000 senators and we can kind of sit in and stuff like that, but people are becoming numb to that. People are just saying, whatever, cool, you guys can do that. I'm going to keep being unjust or unjust. And so how do you force, what, what, what way can we actually force our change to happen, right? I think one of the mm-hmm. things, um, and I guess kind of answering my own question, but not exactly, just kind of giving the perspective. Um, when I was a kid and I was reading about, like, the French revolutions and other revolutions, mm-hmm. I've all, I, like, adapted kind of sort of like a pseudo-militant mindset that, like, most, like, drastic changes always happen through some type of violence and war, unfortunately, right? Yeah. Anytime that something is done diplomatic, it, it, it spans whatever decades or even centuries, and it takes too long, right? It's just <laughs> people shouldn't have to wait, you know, for justice or their rights and stuff like that. And so I, I think more so than I was younger, I, I guess it's, it still exists older, I thought, like, you know, us being peaceful or people being peaceful kind of gives people the ability to brush us aside right but on the on, on the same envelope being violence and threatening gives people justification to do it back to you right so it becomes the argument of how do you go about creating impactful change when the methods that are existing of people trying to create change don't appear to be effective yeah um in my opinion i've um you got you got something mike uh that's not sure um go i was ahead. just saying i was just gonna say like it just I agree. Like, you know, um, I think that we, it's just more about grasping the time. It takes a lot of like being, like being like grounded in the present and like, mm-hmm. and seeing how the world works. And if you have that understanding, I think that, cause right now, like, you know, like I say, like, you know, I don't think black people really do it, but you can like, you know, we technically, not technically, we do have the same right to open carry mm-hmm. per se. Like say you want to have assault rifle on your back, you walk around, cool. No one's gonna, like you can, no one's going to stop you. I mean, somebody, get, somebody might stop. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but legally, they, they yeah, shouldn't yeah, be able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's say, like, five of us did it, right? We just went walking down somewhere, and, like, people are going to stop us. But, yeah. you know, what is the advocacy for that? Like, you know, let's say you do, let's say, please do stop them. Maybe, like, you know, where y'all going, whatever, which they would never do to a white person. But still, you know, like, what what, what what's, what's the protest then? You know, would it just be putting on our phones? Would it be recording the whole thing? Yeah, you know, you know we're recording. You're sure recording, everybody. you see, you see, yeah, you, see, you visual because that that's become a new way of policing. And that's yeah, I mean, it serves as as evidence. In a sense, like a policeman could say this happened, but if there's eyewitness testimony backed by visual evidence, it creates this credence to what the witness is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I I like just seeing the things that go around the world just makes me upset, and it's kind of like. I don't. I don't want to wait. Like, I want this now. I want. I want this revolution to happen. I want that to. You know, in my head, it's like the revolution will not be televised. Like it's playing in the back of my head. Like I want. I. Don't, I don't want my children or generations after me to look back at us and see and. Not to say we didn't make change or progress, but to be like you know what's different from then and now, right? And even and and because then we're we're fifty years removed from our grandparents and the generation they grew up in and. 
you know, our grandkids are going to be 50 years removed from us. So looking at a, a century's worth of change from the beginning of the Civil Rights Act that signed until 2064, is the environment going to be different? Would we have changed? Is there something we could have done more? Were we not proactive enough? Did we get lazy in our methodology? It's just things I think about. Yeah, I mean, so. I think in my opinion, it's le- it's less methodology. It, mm-hmm. It's more, you know, lack of collective collective mission. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think the methods can vary, but what's the the end result? And I don't think we've agreed on that. Um, yeah. And so, if you don't agree on that. Even if we do get a revolution, right? You know, who gonna be sitting at the table? Because it can't be all you know, three billion folks sitting at the table, nah. right? And so I think that becomes an issue. And if we have that one or two people sitting at the table, you know, do they represent the people, the three hundred bill? Do they represent? And you know, even if they do represent, what's on the demand list, right? What are they sliding the across? What are, they, what are they sliding across the table? If we talk about revolution, like we're not talking about suggestions, right? We're mm-hmm. talking about demands, and, and what's on what's on the paper, what's on the docket that's being addressed, and we don't. I can't tell you what that is. I don't think any of us can. Right? And so I think that that becomes more the issue because if, if mar- marching is, is going to get somebody at the table, right? I, yeah, that's, I, I still think it is. That's, that's, the, oh, that's the first you know? step. And, yeah. so, and, it's know, still, and it's still very effective. Exactly. Um, and so when somebody's at the table, you know, what's being talked about, I think that's more the issue or the disconnect mm-hmm. that, that exists today. I think, you know, in the 60s, it wasn't just that they marched. It was that they knew they could trust, you know, King being at the table and King presenting a list of ideas that, the majority of people agreed with mm-hmm. and that they would be, you know, sufficient and, you know, having signed or having put in the law. That's, yeah. It's a lot different now. You and, know? and the people were talk, were like thinking about, or as protesters, as you know, yeah. rallying against the, you know, raging against the machine or whatever. Um, those are like, those, these are all, those are also the same people where I like, so the most oppressed people too. And to your point, to your question, I think that, what changes too is the way people have been oppressed too throughout since the, over the last 50 years, since our, you know, our grandparents were around. Um, we know they saw the whole crack epidemic happen. Yeah, that literally changed a lot of things for like you know for generations of families across the country about how they were treated, about their family situations, and like the generation. And we're only two like we were we were the next we we're ten years later from that after the eighties. You know, we came yeah. ten years literally. So like, crack, yeah, and we 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 grew up in like the, impro- the even more impoverished so communities that that resulted from too. You know, it became a, a very rampant drug place that we grew up. I don't know about I don't know about New Haven, you know. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Even you know, our, you know, you know, they all have their own problems, but yeah. they're they're yeah. still. Um, I think difficult we communities. Similar, yeah. I think we've seen similar things <laughs> as we all grew up. Um, yeah, so I think it's just I think uh, I think the principle is still the same though. That's the that's the saving grace in all of it. I think like the way of organizing it still has to be there. Mm-hmm. Not only just organize it, but it can't be like a centralized. It can't just we don't. You know, I, I think it's hard to have a Martin Luther King today. Exactly. There's a different episode we need to have on like current black leaders. Cause I think it's something we should talk about. <laughs> but no, that's valid. Um, but nah, you can't have MLK. They, they, they would have dragged yeah. him. They would have had uh, receipts for the allegations they have against him. But I mean, I think cancel his, his, his uh, jail record, his prison record, and everything. Yeah, I think cancel culture makes it hard to have any leader because you know we're sort of judging based on their whole persona, mm-hmm. and I think we have people now like. You know, we have friends that might want to be politicians when they grow up. They're scared to even have a social media account. Right? Oh, they, they, they don't post nothing. So they be hiding when the flash comes. And, and, and they, I, and they I, don't come for us too when we run. Oh, 100%. Exactly. And, and, and I'm gonna say, it's going to be slow for we me. Can, we give them content for days. They're going to see all the smoke <laughs> I, I, exactly. I put online. So when we talk about, you know, 2064 elections, it's going to look a lot different than 2008, right? Because we're not just talking about, like, them old pictures, that, that black and white pictures that somebody nah. found of you smoking, you know, in the parking lot. They're going to have the IP address when you made exactly. your OnlyFans account. Mm. <laughs> All right. Now, now, uh, now, now, now we can transition. Plug a plug. 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 
Let me sound. Plug a plug, plug a plug, plug a plug. Plug a plug, plug a plug. Let's close it up. Let's close it up. He said we about to have a president with only fans. That's not what I said, but I'm gonna keep it pushing. History's tangible. Oh man, this week plug a plug is the Havana Boutique. This is a fashion line that takes that says where luxury fashion meets lifestyle. Um, this is actually a local brand. Uh, shout out East Harper. Uh, <laughs> looking to bring um, women's style and fashion, whether it be professional or um, going out attire, that type of thing. So if you want to follow them, you can follow them at the Havana Boutique, um, T-H-E-H-A-V-A-N-A Boutique, B-O-U-T-I-Q-U-E. It's all one long at name. That's a long at name. Um, website is the same, but just put .com after that. So um, shout out to them. Keep making your clothes. Keep inspiring. I see some of our friends on the page too. Uh, shout out to y'all. Yeah, so that's the plug a plug for this week. There we go. Shout mm-hmm. out. Keep doing your thing, man. So make mm-hmm. sure you support small businesses, especially during this pandemic, because mm-hmm. we want them to not only survive, but hopefully, you know, thrive as soon as this ends. So definitely keep supporting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Dun, 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 dun. Pass the aux. I need like a better. I'm going to get a jingle. I'm going to get a jingle, man. <laughs> I don't know when, but I'm going to get a jingle. Who's going first? Look, I'll, I'll set the stage high, You set man. the stage set high. high. Set the stage there we high. go. Um, So my guy, um, not even my guy, but I got put on to him um, not too long ago. Mozzie, um, uh, West Coast, uh, Sacramento, I believe, rapper, just put out a new project um, called Beyond Bulletproof. That's, what, that's the name of the album. Um, the album was pretty solid uh, holistically. But this one song uh, stood out for me, and it features um, my guy Eric Bellinger on the, on the project. And so the song is called Mozzie Can't Let You Go. Um, and that features, again, Mozzie featuring Eric Bellinger Can't Let You Go. Here it is. Girl, I really fuck with you. Trying to see what's up with you. I can't leave you alone. I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go. You're the one I want in my life. I've been staying up at night. I can't leave you alone. I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go. But she hood and I love that So she ain't got no nigga, let me run that Fuck you in the back of this guinea, you ever done that? End up in the fair for the cheeky If you don't tuck that, she try to brush me off But I'm like, fuck that Should've never let me hit it, need my run back, yeah She went from jelly slides to Chanelly slides She went from Honda Civics to Pirelli ties I tell you about my other bitch before I tell a lie You can say I'm sprung on you, guess I fell in line Fell out over little petty shit like hella times Your commitment unwavering, that shit hella tight Girl, I love your life Girl, I really fuck with you, hey. trying to see what's up with you, hey. I can't leave you alone, I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go, you're the one I want in my life, I've been staying up at night, I can't leave you alone, I know I'm living wrong, but I can't let you go. So again, um, that was Mozzie, the project is called Beyond Bulletproof, the song is called Can't Let You Go, featuring Eric Bellinger, uh, make sure you check those out. Okay, Corey. A little redemption this week. Redemption. <laughs> when was I? Did I have an off week yet? L- l- listen, Mike said it best when he said we was gonna let you waste all your good ones. So now we just coming with heat for the rest. <laughs> so we here. Um, want me to go next, Mike? Yeah, you kept it off. Yeah. That's good. All right, I'm gonna go next. Uh, I'm going a little little soul R and B type of vibe Uh-oh. over here. 
Uh, this song is called Reversible um, by this artist named Far, uh, and I'm going to just let y'all hear it. by far um he just recently dropped an um, album it's called weightless uh so check it out it's far f-a-r-r all capital so that's the vibe that's something to do sound like one of those underground not underground but up and coming yeah, yeah very low-key i think r&b it's especially for guys they kind of get left behind i would say it's definitely a lot of people like if you're doing you like your research out here there's definitely a lot of new up-and-coming soul and r&b artists out here mm-hmm. i think it's too many that's the problem facts and not everyone's. I feel like a lot of their sound sounds the same too. But again, different conversation for a different day. Um, and so, I uh, this week I just decided to pick a local artist. You know, a very good friend of mine. She's dropped her first debut EP called Vent, and I picked my favorite song off her EP. You know, congrats to her. You know, big African vibes. Um, so her name, her artist name is Heaven, uh, and this song is called, is called Mistake. You don't want nobody 
Damn. Yeah, she got some talent, man. Tune her in. Tune her in. Heaven, that's HVN. She's improved a lot. Yeah, right? First time I heard her sing, I think, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And she got an Afrobeat song in here, too. Oh, she do? Yeah, versatile. Look at that. Almost to a um, But Heaven, Heaven, that's <laughs> a capital HVN. That's how you spell it. That's heaven. So make sure y'all support her. She definitely doing big things. So she definitely. She'll be up here next, up here soon. Mike, you did good this week. Mike, you did Mike, good. Oh, wow. wow. Thank, you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. <laughs> you can give myself this speech. Remember the Corey's one who said that. <laughs> I've never doubted my, Mike's taste. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Right there. No. I, I got to do a tally count for this um this week to see who, who got it. I'm asking the streets. Yeah, ask the streets. <laughs> and make sure you send screenshots. I'm not on social media, so I can't see what it really looked like. Cor- Corey got off social media because I asked him what his that name. He never dropped it for the pod. <laughs> but we won't talk about it. Oh, man. Who got the food for thought? Um, Faster, Deek, than Dr. Moore? Stop it. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I'm just gonna leave you with a quick quote. Um, I got all these quotes somewhere in my notes, but um, <laughs> this one quote that I heard from a mentor of mine that really challenged me to to dream bigger and to keep going. And I think you know we talk about it in so many ways. You know, despite you know the person that you're the biggest fan of, that you're the biggest stand for. You know, make sure you have your own goals, your own dreams that that are separate from from that person. And so this quote says, "If your dreams don't scare you, then they aren't big enough." Um, and I think that's that's certainly valid. I think a lot of times, you know, we're, we run away from from dreams that are too big. But I think, you know, the challenge is to to stick with them and hold on to them, um, because if they are if they aren't big enough, you know, and they're, they're not scaring you, then I think so, that something's wrong. Because, again, what they say, shoot for the moon, at least you land among the stars. Right. Yep. Yeah, that is. Um, so, you know, that's that's what I have to take away. If your dreams don't scare you, then they aren't big enough. That's your food for thought. Episode Sweet 16, After Dinner Conversation. Here to bring you the, the best and the greatest conversations we have. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, we appreciate you all. Um, please stay healthy. Please stay well. Um, you know, if you're in an area that allows, you know, uh, testing, please go get tested. Um, mm-hmm. We want everybody mm-hmm. to stay to stay safe out here. So continue, you know, doing what you're doing, taking care of yourself. After dinner conversations, we, we still here. You know, we in the studio, um, the makeshift studio while, while we're here. But we definitely <laughs> want to continue to provide content and we, and we will continue to do that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at AD Convos. There's definitely a lot more content on the page and more content to come mm-hmm. um, and some more announcements to come. So make sure you follow us again at AD Convos. Continue to like, continue to subscribe, continue yeah, to review. Um, we love hearing your feedback. It makes us feel like we're doing something right. Um, and then even if it's, if it's negative or constructive, it makes us feel like, you know, there's ways for us to improve. So continue to let us know. Continue to tell your friend, to tell her auntie, to tell her best friend, to tell her cousin. After Dinner Conversations is here to stay, man. Sweet 16. Why you mad at us? Mad at us. Why you mad at us? Mad at us. Why you mad at us?